So I was basically just saying that I am concerned that with a lot of the brain power with the um, with the virus, it, a lot of it is justifiably going towards trying to figure out the virus mm-hmm. and still fight it as solutions present themselves and as vaccines are distributed and whatnot. But I think a lot of the brain power is still just going to worrying or a lot of the brain power is going to prematurely go back to just trying to establish the status quo or, or return to normalcy or, or so, so to speak. And I kind of want people to realize there, that there is no normalcy after this. And I don't just mean that in the, in the COVID sense of we're all going to be wearing masks forever and stuff like that. But what I mean is like all of these things were broken and then COVID came and just kind of uh, accelerated the, the breakdown. Mm-hmm. And we're going to emerge from this. And I think we're going to see pretty crazy effects of that. And I think that celebration is, is warranted of, okay, we're moving past this phase, but I don't think people realize that we might've won this battle, but we're still in the midst of a war, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I, but I also think there's a lot of people that just don't, like with normalcy i think people refer mostly to like just going back to like normal life yeah normal of like you don't have to fucking worry if you go you don't have to feel uncomfortable in public spaces i think that's what people would call normal right um Mm -hmm. but in terms of like i think there's also a lot of people they that weird enough got comfortable with this and then they don't want to go back or like there there's like hesitancy so like even with people getting vaccinated, you get like, I think three three to four million people vaccinated a day, right? So already yeah. 25% of the population has been vaccinated. And it looks like we're going to have to be vaccinated every year. Um, they're also making some kind of, um, they're always working on some kind of cures and so on. So it looks like it's, it's going to be, while it might still linger there, it's not going to be as bad. So you can come back to like some extent of like normal life in the next year. Mm-hmm. But I think there's also a big dose of hesitancy, you know, like stay at home. And oh yeah, understandably, I'm yeah. I'm really hoping that people use the time wisely. And I know that you can never, across the board, have this be the case, because just like people, if you gave them a million dollars, there's a huge percentage of people that would just waste it. They would just squander it. Same thing yeah. with time. You know, time is a resource. People are really realizing now that time is a resource, just like money is a resource, but that doesn't mean they, they use it wisely. So I think that a lot of people during COVID just kind of wanted to piss the time away or not think about things. And they spent most of their time streaming and looking at memes and, yeah. and whatnot. And I, I get the appeal of that. But I'm really hoping that a lot of people did a certain amount of introspection. Like, do I like my career? Did it make sense that I was doing what I was doing before, that I was commuting, that I was working for this corporate job that I hate, that I am in a relationship with this person, that, you know, do I, my relationship with my parents, my, like pretty much any factor, but even bigger than that is society. Uh, all these various institutions, whether it's education, whether it's the media, whether it is the military industrial complex, whether it is politics itself. I'm hoping that 
much more, far more people coming out of COVID than went into it are thinking about these things more deeply now. And we're able to explore alternative media and alternative viewpoints and can engage in a new way after this. Yeah, I agree. The only thing that where I'm like, that's a good point, but that doesn't apply to the people that like people who can't, who can't work, uh, who can't like, if you have to sell your time, Mm -hmm. um, to, to, to get money on like all, all the time. If you had, if you lost your job and if you were like in a restaurant or something, mm-hmm. these people, like until we come back, there is not really a solution for that. Like you can employ, yeah you can never like, you, I think five or 6% unemployment now. Uh, but that's, they say that that's undervalued because there is a lot of people that got fired, but they're expecting, or like the, the bosses or whoever is the owner told them like, we're going to rehire you once things go back to normal. Um, mm. So they don't report it as an employment. So, Oh yeah. People juke uh, yeah. the stats, so to speak. They, they uh, cook the books or twist the numbers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you can't really like with all this stimulus and everything, you can't really go on forever. So like at some point they will have, like you would have to go back to normal at, at some, because otherwise you would, or we would kind of, completely transition to a digital economy, but I don't know how they will work. I don't know. I don't know. I, this gets into the bulk of, of kind of what I have been thinking about a lot, which is decentralization. And I know that's just like a buzzword and it's kind of a fringe thing and it's related to blockchain and all these various things. But I think the basic gist of it when it boils down is uh, our government is going bankrupt and it was already going bankrupt and I think it's going, this is, is like the bomb on top of it all. You know, mm-hmm. that this is, people are going to naturally search for solutions to these crises from these very centralized places. Like, oh, government, you are our God, please rescue us. And mm-hmm. I don't think that's really, we're in it right now, but I don't think that that's how these solutions come about these blanket ideas that are sort of centrally imposed and apply theoretically the same way everywhere. It's just, it doesn't make any sense, but we've been doing it that way for like 70 years. And each of those solutions that is imposed from on high Mm -hmm. is creating all these basically collateral damage situations. And then new solutions are put in place to deal with that collateral damage. And then it just ripples across with more collateral damage. So uh, what I'm hoping is that I see some amount of inevitability in, in that there's going to be immense disruption with the federal government and, and all the things that we see on the news, mm-hmm. people see them as isolated events, but they're connected beneath the ground. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, the, the immigration crisis or, the police crisis and the protests and people on social media going at each other. It's all, it's all it's just surfacing. That's basically the problem surfacing out, right? It's what? like if it's probably, you have a pile of problems and then they just surface out and that's, that's what it shows when you have these crises. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, I see this as, and I'm obviously reading more of this material. So this impacts the way that I, that I view it, but I'm seeing this as like a slow motion breakdown. And mm-hmm. I've been reading about 
uh, Rome. I've been reading about the Soviet Union. And the thing about the Soviet Union is it ended kind of more as a whimper than a bang, I guess you could, would you, would you consider it more of a bang or a whimper? I don't know. Like it's. I don't know. The thing is, well, I, I, ne I never, I, even though I was like, like Yugoslavia is in the part of like the communist side of Europe. Uh, yeah. We were never within the Soviet Union. Um, we had kind of a little bit of a different story because like our leader died in the eighties and then afterwards sure. there was a whole scramble. But like with regards to the Just Soviet Tito? Union, yeah, yeah, he died okay. when it was like 1981, I think he died. And then after that, there was a whole scramble and probably there was some kind of outside influence to try to break us down. And they did, they managed, they broke us down. Um, yeah. But uh, I, like with, with Soviet Union, apparently there were, this is where you can't lead, you can't lead a, a successful system with oppression. Um, yeah. Because like fear, fear can't, if you don't have the truth coming through, like even those on the top at some point will get blind and then you don't yep. know what's going on around. And it's all of a sudden, I think it, it looked like a banger, but actually it was basically falling apart slowly all the time. Like I think sure. the US thought in the 70s, um, you, so basically in the end of the 70s, it was kind of looking like the, the Soviet Union was winning the Cold War, right? Because like mm -hmm. they were in the, I think they were in Afghanistan. Um, they were... Kind of, you had the Cuban Missile Crisis, which like they were right in Cuba, right there, you know. Sure. Um, um, Bolivia, like they were getting close, but I think the U.S. was estimating that like the Soviet Union um, GDP was seventy-six or seventy-eight percent of the U.S. Those, that U.S. It turned yeah. out after everything broke down, it turned out that it was like twenty-five percent. Yeah, yeah. They were basically they weren't like, trusting it, right? They were just like, oh, it's got to be lies. It's got to be, uh, yeah, uh, false intel. Yeah, so it was a lot. So, but I, I get what you're saying. It's like this definitely looks like a like a downfall. Um, the question I don't say is, that from is the prepper perspective, I'm not trying to say that to sell people. I'm oh, not yeah, no. trying to sell people Bitcoin. I'm not, but I'm 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 thinking I'm a guy who really likes history, mm -hmm. and I was caught off guard reading about Rome when they said that you know the Roman Empire, it was very large and overextended and when it fell it's it was a process it wasn't an event and yeah, of course basically almost a decade or maybe more many years went by before certain parts of the empire even really realized that it was over that it wasn't the things the central institutions were gone or defunct or weren't around anymore and i'm kind of thinking that we might be in that same situation where where we're dealing with sort of like zombie institutions and like they don't really have funding or they don't really have a uh, clear purpose. Like the, the, the education system, for example, what is mm -hmm. it? What is its goal? What is it trying to do? Is it trying to train students for jobs? Is it trying to make critical thinkers? Is it trying to indoctrinate? What is it? You, you know what? You know, I think institutions know what they're trying to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I, you know, what I think that's like particularly with institution is that you have this extreme growth with technology that happened in the last i don't know 50 60 years in terms of like at least the social fabric of like how do you communicate and all of that mm -hmm. and everything changed but then at the same time in the government you have like 80 and 90 year olds and, and people yeah. who are like the, the institutions are they look like they're the 20th century uh the 20th century uh institutions in the 21st yeah. century finding themselves like not knowing how an iphone works or anything like that so like I really think these old people had to go away. Like they, 
all across like Democrats, Republicans, they're all old. They're all like 80. They they, they are not going to learn now like how technology works. So you oh, have to get like yeah. somebody younger there. And actually the SEC had Jay Clayton in there. And this guy like made a lot of disruptive movements and enabled industries mm-hmm. to um, decentralize and democratize investing and all, all other all, all kinds of different stuff. But like, I think he's like 50 or something or like, yeah, something like that. So this guy came in with understanding the technologies and how like to work with technologies of today where you have like the treasury secretary is yelling. She's like, I think she's 80. Biden is 80. uh, Mitch McConnell is 80. The other guy also, Chuck Schumer, they're like all. It's an attempt to, I'm not saying it's a conscious attempt to do this, but a lot of people are really freaked out about, and I understand this to an extent, but they're really freaked out about their retirement and they built their life around a system the way that it is. And they don't want to see that system change. But the reality is they're confusing um, advice with wisdom and the advice that they, that, you know, a lot of boomers, a lot of the older generation give are based on conditions that were really quite unique to when they grew up and are no longer uh, applicable yeah. that way at all and no yeah no longer applicable and wisdom is very important like the accumulated um basically distilled wisdom of human history is very important you want to integrate that into your systems and whatnot but that's different than than just highly specific uh this these were the conditions when i was young you should always invest in education you should always invest in mortgages you should always invest in a career job and it's like no, because those yeah. conditions aren't there anymore. Um, right. So that's that's frustrating. And there's something. There's a term called gerontocracy, which mm-hmm. is rule by the old, and that's something we're dealing with right now. There's another term, ochlocracy, which mm-hmm. is rule by mob, and that's right. also what we're dealing with right now. Yeah, but I, I think together. there's also like one thing is that the rate of change has exponentially increased like the the world is changing quicker than before so it's a very tough for institution to catch up all the time and like one way to think about it is like you you basically update your government every four years so you know like you choose your government for the next four years then you wait for four years yep. to update it in the in the meantime in these four years so many things happen you know like the, the changes accumulated immensely yeah yeah, in four like, years. That's but- where, like, we, we have to determine. So, change is something that happens continuously, right? Like, even if we, it's like the identity paradox where, you know, every day we get older, but maybe we only like five years go by and then we look at ourselves in the mirror and we go, holy shit. <laughs> or, right. like, you don't see someone for five years and you go, wow, you look different. But change is continuous, but we perceive it as discrete. And I think that our systems in particular, our institutions, our political systems, everything, they only integrate discrete change. So it's like the change builds up and then all of a sudden, like everything snaps forward. One question. Everything has to. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you think that somebody, would you think this is the argument always? Wouldn't you think like in the seventies, the me and you of the seventies were probably saying the same about the government then? And then if you go back, yeah, I think there's always, because it's just like the government institution that's always, it's like the government that you choose, that you chose, I don't know, this winter is already getting (laughs) outdated, you know, like there's, there's, um, 
I don't know. That's that's one one thing I've been thinking. Is there is always this argument that the government is doing things wrong or the government is like failing to catch up. And I think that's 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 here to stay. One thing I think that I'm not I don't know if pessimistic or whatever. I, I think that here the fact that you have that you can create Discord still. Mm-hmm. You can still publicly speak about different things and like yeah. There's so many podcasts and all you can you can't even control these industries and what whatnot. Yeah. I think things will change quickly. I think there are new ways they're trying to like, you know, this guy Gavin Newsom from um from um California, they're trying to like uh acquit him or like they're having like a whole thing going on to trying to remove him. Mm-hmm. So I th- I think one good thing, let's say, from like electing Trump as president, I think the people figured out that you elected an outsider well you can do it again it does have a big disaster like him but you can yeah. you can pick somebody who's not from the from the establishment and they can actually win like you can pick i don't know whoever wants to go for it you can pick it and they can win you just have to vote for them you don't i you are right that people have been dealing with these frustrations for a very long time a lot of these aren't new i think it's more the fact that uh the internet is the Guten, the Gutenberg printing press times like a million where it allows people to access information that reveals the hypocrisies and the, uh, and the failures of these things that they believed in. I mean, the thing ever since really the dawn of humanity, the things that of, of homo sapiens, the things that allow us to grow beyond our tribe. Have you heard of Dunbar's number where we have like 150 yeah. people that we the thing that allows us to grow beyond that is our shared narratives and our, our, our belief systems. Right. And Mm. it started with religious narratives and there were, there were theisms and then there were atheists that broke away. Mm -hmm. And then I think a lot of those atheists actually became statists having centralized state power. Mm -hmm. And then I think now we're entering the the phase sort of, of of a statism. And I'm actually nervous that a statists are going to become techists if you want to call them that where they see the next Mm. thing as tech will solve everything and it's not we're so obsessed and singular with our view rather than trying to like the interconnectivity i think is really what matters and we've gotten to such imbalance where individuals today they they're cut off from everything. Like they're cut off from their own mental health. They're cut off from their own physical health. They're cut off from spiritual health and from job satisfaction and from their families and from community and from the environment. And and to, I I know I'm like generalizing a lot of the the negative here. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we sort of destroyed our, 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 um, I mean, I, I don't know how, how accurate when they talk about, you know, like, microbiomes and your your gut and whatnot but like mm-hmm. we have this diet that we've had for for 70 years and, and we didn't realize how complex our body was we have had this standardized way of growing things in the food pyramid for 75 years and we didn't realize that we were depleting our soils and i think what people are slowly starting to realize is that everything is far more complex than we realize. And this idea that you can, I'm not saying this is being realized on a broad scale by any means, but Mm -hmm. the idea that you can just like hire someone or elect somebody in, who's just going to sort of be like, yes, we'll get this done. It's, it's like this strong man fantasy of the 20th century that you can just have a, a central power or a central being 
make decisions and, and fix it for everyone. And I guess what I'm hoping is that we can kind of move away from that because we've gone so far in one direction, but I'm, I'm also conscious of the fact that there are, are many aspects of society that, that do function and we don't want to inadvertently create like a communist system or a fascist system, right? Because there's so many nightmares of the 20th century that once again, people don't know anything about. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to yeah. see the moving away from one thing, ending up in that direction. <laughs> yeah. I, I would agree with you that we should move away from it. I, I think mm-hmm. that it's actually the, the opposite is happening. Cause like, I think the underlying the reason for that is basically inequality. And if you look at the history as well, like in the 1930s, this was the biggest inequality. You had like the first serving, the, the, uh, he was serving three, uh, three, three terms, right? The, um, mm-hmm. what's his name? Frank, uh, Roosevelt. He served three yeah. terms, right? He yeah. served three he terms. He was into his fourth. He, yeah. he got partway into his fourth, yeah. Yeah, you had you had that. You had uh, Hitler. You had, well, in Russia, we know what happened. And those were like kind of the, the years of, of, of populism. You had like Mussolini, oh, all these leaders from the 20th century. They were all more or less created in the era of inequality where they yeah. you had like the Great Depression and then like there was so much inequality and, and so on. So... I think currently we're in a similar um, we're we're kind of in the similar position mm-hmm. f- from the finance perspective. It's 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 um, you have like small debt cycles and you have big debt big debt cycles, and it looks Is like this we're like a Ray Dalio kind of thing. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, okay. he's basically he's basically. I think in in, in finance you you learn as as it's 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 a um, you learn in school basically about debt cycles, right? Because you have like. Yeah. You borrow money, then you spend more than you have. Uh, you try to get generate growth, but at some point you have to pay that money back. At that point, you have to spend less than you earn um, mm. because you have to pay back the debt. So the debt basically influences you to spend less, which means that your growth goes down and then sure. it goes up and down, up and down. But you have small ones and you have big ones. Um, and currently it looks like that the, the last big one was in the 1940s, um, mm. basically ending with the World War II. Yeah. Um, and now we're coming in and we're in the long tail on the, of the, of the, of the next big debt cycle with like interest rates and zeros and, and, and so on. So, so much debt everywhere, the printing of money to get rid of debt. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that, that has created like a large portion of inequality, right? Cause like people, I think we talked about this last before as well, like people who were able to save money and invest in assets benefited immensely from printing of money, but people whose only asset is money actually didn't because you earn money and there's so much money out there, the value of the dollar goes down, but actually yeah. the value of the stock market goes up. But if you actually measure the stock market in terms of gold, gold outperformed the stock market, right? So the gold yeah. is down in terms of, if you take another uh, store of value versus the dollar, right? Which was being printed in the last, well, since 2008, they printed so much, they're going to print again now, um, which I agree with. They should have printed money now because there is no other option. But, uh, that's that's basically the outcome and then you get i think that's the basis of it and then you when that happens everything that's kind of already there as an equality between like races you have racism everything everything gets exaggerated and people more yeah. people are hungry and then you have more problem there so i think if 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 we are able this is where my idea is like in terms of like de- decentralizing 
investing, I would say, right? Because I come from finance, but I would say I agree sure. with as well as government, they have to catch up. They can't be, you know, like they can't be so, so old fashioned and everything. Um, but like in terms of like investing, like you can, if you can decentralize investment and allow more people to participate in the next stock market run, you're going to have less people, you're going to have less inequality because even the people that are um, on the button, if they have something that earns money when they're asleep, you know, literally, mm-hmm. it's going to help them more than if they just get cut off like the last time, yeah. you're going to have even, and then and then something bad is going to happen. Then something really, really bad is going to happen because you're going to, you're, yeah, I'm actually I'm I'm long term optimistic, but like mm-hmm. I'm actually rather pessimistic that the government will be able to. Uh, and by the way, I, I think that the government and corporations, which like I see the system as corporatist, mm-hmm. where the government and corporations are like both artificially large and kind of intertwined. Mm-hmm. But I see that the the amount the massive funding of basically the post World War II superpower global empire nation state is um it's partly military industrial and it's partly um consumerism and the debt that has built up because of that is so unsustainable at this point that it's it's so fragile and teetering that covid is just like the assassination of franz ferdinand or something like Mm. that where it it sets the rube goldberg device in motion that is just there's once once the options become either okay there's basically no much money there's no money left to fund anything and there's either austerity which is okay these programs become open to like local solutions potentially or or private solutions Mm -hmm. um but then also raising taxes which is going to freak people out or printing money which is going to deplete people's money people are going to start to already people are, are exploring different careers and, and multiple sources of income. So people are going to become far more difficult to tax. So the tax base is going to break down even further and because previously it was like, Oh, we'll just go to your employer and we'll garnish the, the tax portion of the wage. And then you get what's left. It's going to be difficult to track that. And then more people are going to shift over and take interest in crypto as an alternative I think we're going to be, isn't there already attempts by the, the IRS to, to, to track crypto, I think, and to, uh, to, to they put a reward out to get people if they could yeah, I'm not, figure out how to track it. No, I think in terms of like taxing, cause like I, mm-hmm. I own some crypto, it, it's easy. I, I don't agree on the taxing stuff that you will be less, um, that the government be less able to tax you. Cause oh. I think we, we live in a, because we have TurboTax, right? We're all yeah. living in this digital world where basically like if I want to get taxed, it's not like before where I'm living somewhere in Kentucky. I know, nobody knows how to reach me. I have to fill a paper, send it yeah. by mail. Maybe the mail gets lost. And then the whole process is, I think not, I think that basically just the, the fact that you have these technologies that, and the people are relying on like just clicking a button, going, filling out the tax, it, w- it will yeah. even become easier to tax people and you can e- track them easier just be- due to social media and everything that's happening. I think in general, if somebody yeah. wants to track you, if the government wants to track you now versus 70, 80 years ago, 50 years ago, way, way easier. I think Agreed even for taxes. On that front. 
but not the the dispersed income that's more what i mean where it's like it's it's more difficult to track income that's broken up into numerous and i know yeah, but how, you, like, how do you spend your money you spend your money with you your credit cards right so it's it's when you spend your yeah. money with your credit cards it's easier to track than cash and you're having less and less cash than before Cash is the worst thing for tracking, right? So like you have countries like Sweden that completely yeah. in Sweden, you can't get nothing with cash. Like if you have yeah. cash, good luck. <laughs> They're like, we don't accept cash. And one of the reasons why they do so is because uh, to track uh, and to try to minimize money laundering and criminal. Yeah. Um, so th- I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more optimistic in terms of that. I don't, I think the okay. tracking will be easier just because we're moving towards, I also think like you're going to get, the financial industry is like transforming in terms of like becoming more digital. Well, there is, you have also crypto, right? The blockchain, that's also digital, yep. um, which is a store you, of values. Like, um, go. I was just going to say, don't you, don't you think that crypto is, is causing uh, many government ulcers? <laughs> like the, I don't think there's going to be open, uh, support. I think there's going to be really. We need to figure this out and and kind of prevent people from, yeah. from undermining our systems with this. I think I think there's I think they're actually they're smarter than we think. I think what they're trying to do is with their narrative. Basically, what they're trying to do is yeah, they're saying like yeah, crypto is legit. Let's accept it. Let's move with it. There are risks involved because there are risks involved with it because it's still young. Um, but it's a commodity. It's a replacement for gold. And that's the whole narrative that's been pushed for like four years. Uh-huh. Um, so I think in a way of like, what, they're creating the belief that it's a store of wealth yeah. uh, in terms of like a digital gold. And as long as they create that belief, it will be a store of wealth as a digital gold, right? Um, so why, like you have gold and people trust in it just because like throughout history, you, you could put money into gold. There's limited supply. Uh, sure. But it's a belief system, right? It's not like it's not something about gold. It's like we all believe it, which means that is a store of wealth. So, yeah. like, I think they're trying to, while they're saying everybody like be careful with this, they're trying to um, create a belief system where everybody thinks of it as a store of of, of value. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think I don't think it's going to re- replace dollar. Um, I think you already have like a digital dollar. All of your most of your money is. Like either you use Venmo or like use your sure. Bank of America or like use your credit. That's basically like that's so digital, that, right? It's 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 digital, but don't you think that the real appeal? And I'm not saying that it, it's just like any marketing thing where you have the early adopters who maybe understand the real benefit of like you know the difference between a, a currency that can be artificially inflated and a currency that theoretically can't. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to start with those people moving over. I think that's really going to be the major appeal is, is not just the fact that it's digital, but really the fact that it's in, in theory, not something that can be messed with by a federal reserve. So that, that's what like some of these, uh, and I'm by no means a crypto expert and I find it very difficult to find people who aren't kind of trying to get you to, there's, there's so many scammers and people trying to pimp mm-hmm. Bitcoin and all the crypto, but it seems like there are attempts to have Bitcoin like currencies that are operated by a bank. They'll be mm-hmm. like, Oh, you know, this, this bank has a cryptocurrency. And I'm like, well, doesn't that sort of defeat the purpose of the whole decentralized currency? If an institution is operating it. 
Right. Um, so like uh, two things. One thing is that I don't think one of the reasons I don't think like I know that there, the Fed is basically like I think the Fed is very misunderstood because um, mm-hmm. there is a lot of like not propaganda, but a lot of talk about like, oh, yeah, printing money, evil, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. One of the reasons why like we moved away from gold as well is because when we had gold, um, it was very tough to react quickly. Um, yeah. It was very tough to um, uh, basically trade between countries because everything was going through gold and depending on how many deposits you had, it made things much, much complicated. And you would have... Ne- yeah, it's very, it's very, it made everything slow because everything was tied to gold and then you had to have the certain ratio and so on. So like, I don't really think that while printing money um in in a very large excess is bad um it gives you also the flexibility it gives uh the the fed the flexibility to okay we have covid we're going to react in a matter of months so like it takes one month for them to react and and to start buying assets and like provide liquidity to the market and if you look like at the situation here currently versus in europe and some countries that are less developed and don't really have the dollar and like the ability to print money without getting completely screwed over. Mm-hmm. The, the situation here is much, much different, dude. Like I'm like, I'm speaking to people in Montenegro and nothing, everything stopped. Right. So sure. like here, if they didn't decide to, okay, let's print money. There's a risk of getting inflation. That risk is tamed because you have to te- like technology has been basically killing inflation for the last 20 years. They were printing money. They printed so much money that you got basically, I think, 3% in 2009 or 11. Um, yeah, 2011, you got 3% and then went down. Um, so while having high inflation is bad, also having no inflation is also very, very bad. Because yeah. It's even worse because um, lower prices means uh, lower wages. So like uh-huh. if, if, if I go and buy something from you and I know you work... I don't know, you work at an H&M and I come and buy a shirt and that shirt costs less and I have to pay you less that your yeah. salary is going to go lower and sure. then we go into depression. So like they had to choose between like you either have already an economy that's struggling with deflation at, at the full pace, you know, like 2019, everybody's working full employment, you're barely getting 2%. Mm. Um, so I don't think that, I think that it's the the the, the Fed is misunderstood, and at the same time, the the printing is is not properly understood. I don't people. I don't think the people really understand. And of course, I I don't think that printing too much. You you don't want to be in Venezuela's case. Sure. But um, yeah. So I I think that's it's here not, and there. It's not a definite. It just seems like it's 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 like uh, with you know a nuclear reactor. It seems like it it can become easy for something to become an out of control. Like in small doses, it can mm-hmm. be good quantitative easing or whatever the various policies are called, but it seems like it can become out of control and very easy, easily dependent on it. And, and the yeah. systems that people believe we have, whether it's people talking about capitalism or communism or whatever, like there's this ideal that people have, but our system is this big Frankenstein wrapped together with duct tape and, and uh, all kinds of different things that are kind of crammed together in weird ways mm-hmm. and i it, it seems like a lot of the solutions that people come up with they're not really good solutions per se they're just the best solutions that seem possible 
if your core assumption is let's pres- let's preserve the mega structures that exist, mm-hmm. but maybe the mega structures shouldn't exist as they do in the first place. And I'm not saying that because people respond to that and they go, oh, well, then you're advocating for the government to go and, and, and you know, break these mega structures up. And it's like, no, I'm not. I'm saying that like they should be allowed to just sort of disaggregate. Like, I, I think that, that, I don't know, these things are all kind of resting on each other and relying on each other. And there's this artificial largeness to a lot of it. And mm-hmm. the policies that are devised are attempts to preserve that artificial largeness rather than, uh, I don't know, I, come up with a more elegant solution or something that could work at a, at a smaller level. It's I'm just more getting increasingly more open to the idea of maybe uh millions of like small experiments are better than just this one <laughs> kind of yep. mega policy that everybody has to abide by and that is has all this collateral damage i think well i think to the, i think that in, in a way that's already happening because like if you look at the states like what i noticed in the last year is that the states have become increasingly different from one to another in terms of like rules, how they sure. want to govern themselves. Like if you're in Florida, your life is completely different versus if you're in California, sure. which before it wasn't really. You went to Miami, you went to California, it was like, you're in the States. <laughs> but like now, it's much, much different. Like you go to Florida, yeah. there's no mask mandate, they're fucking chilling, partying, not really too mu- too many more COVID cases, which is the weirdest mm-hmm. part, right? Um, and and I, I think that's has that's gonna happen probably on a state. I think states are gonna become independently di- like more independent. And I'm throwing yeah. this. I'm just this is an idea of something like like I, I think that's already happening. In terms of like not having, I agree. I think that everything will work better in terms of like not having a mega structure. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're competing with China and Russia, and like I think that have like having a structure that's larger it's makes it makes it easier to i think defend at some point or just like pull power right if you have to do it in an international yeah. way so i think that's why they're scared to or this is maybe not the time right because like the tensions are very high they have to I be think on there's point. never a time that's yeah. kind of the thing that i'm worried there's always a a, a a, cri- a real crisis or an artificial crisis or a crisis to exploit. And I mean, I think these same tensions that affect the United States are also affecting Russia and China where like they're artificially large and held together. And there are all these micro societies that exist within the United States. Like there are all these subcultures and everything and, and all these immigrant groups and there, there's, there's blending and there's, there's sort of plural pluralism to an extent, which is mm-hmm. good. Um, but then there's also, so many people just being like forced together under single policies that clearly are not, are only exacerbating tensions between people. I think they're and just going to move. A, I think it's a good thing that, uh, that federalism mm-hmm. with all this state kind of doing their own thing is starting to become more relevant again. And, uh, you know, it, it eases the tensions when, when people are, they don't have a kind of a nanny state peering down and telling them how to, yeah, what policies and programs they have to live by. I, I think t- I like. I know that now I'm going to counter myself because I said that this has been happening for a year, but at the same time we have a democratic government in power, and they are more in favor of big government. I mean, historically, yeah. that's like you know the Republicans are less 
big government free markets these guys are more like controlled and taxing their so on mm-hmm. so yeah I, i'm not sure if with all of this spending and in the same time with like every time you kind of kind of come out of the recession one role of the, the government can take and you know like in the 30s you had like these big projects where the government was building rail or railroads yeah. trying to bring people to work you're going to see that now so i think that the government itself is going to start employing more people of course they're going to yeah. go more in depth um, um but I, i think short term the government might become might become bigger my problem with the with, with the systems here is that my two problems is that you have first of all i think there should be some kind of a limit to how old you can get mm-hmm. or some kind of a health check or whatever how old you can get to serve in government mm-hmm. i think there should be an age limit probably because you can't learn things uh or can't adopt so quickly as the older you get it's it's, it's sure. tougher when you're a kid you learn three languages just by living with other people and then you get yeah. older and you're like fuck i need to learn language it's fucking difficult as fuck <laughs> so I, i i you need you need new people in the government that's that's why i think if you just replace the people that are from the 20th century with new young fresher people you'll see the change because they'll get it they'll get it i i think that's overly optimistic just because uh, people have been saying that forever that's like the if we only get the right faces in there if we only get the right faces and i think that that's where people are starting so, uh, like a, a small amount of people but a crucial number of people people who are really paying attention are starting to realize that maybe the problem is with the system itself rather than the like it, it's we keep trying to just change the faces of the people behind the levers but maybe mm. it's the fact that we have these levers and we have these this big mechanism that exists as it does sort of built around assumptions that existed in the, that this is partly why I think so many boomers and old people want to stay in these positions of power is because it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a really messed up system. And it's got, it's like I said before, it's kind of this Frankenstein system, but like when you've walked those halls of power for so long and you understand the, how the sausage is made and what goes on in the background. And it, like you want to continue you, you in a way, maybe it's subconscious, like, but want the system to continue to be broken as it is, because you're like one of the only few people who understands it. And like, you've built your life around trying to understand that system. And there are all these perverse incentives that exist where it's like, I'll, I'll use policing as one of them, but like, you know, politicians are kind of dealing with the same thing where it's like, they they when you're hired for a certain job you aren't going to solve the problem because then your job goes away so this is like the career obsession of the 20th century where people viewing their life and their income primarily through a career and something that they were going to have mm-hmm. forever and it's just with the police you need crime to exist. Right. And when crime isn't really that bad, when there aren't as many rapes and murders, then it's like, okay, well, do we cease to exist or what do we do with our, do we twiddle our thumbs? Do we cut back our resources? No, you find something else more sustainable, like drugs, drugs never goes away. And then you, and then you have a mission creep and then you like, you have a self-perpetuating drug war and the same thing with politics. Like, Oh, let's declare a war on poverty. Right. And then you start, you implement measures that make poverty worse or make, or, or, or spread it out or make it more difficult to solve. And you don't really have, I know this sounds very cynical, 
but it's like you don't really have incentives to solve these issues because if you solve these issues then people are out of jobs and and that's where i think the 20th century in the united states differed from the more extreme totalitarian systems where it's like the best thing the united states system had going for it is that hey at least we're not a dictator right like and that's Mm -hmm. a real thing like people don't people who grew up in the united states system don't appreciate the fact that like they don't know they they know the word nazi and the word communist but they don't know about people who lived in those systems they don't know the details about how these kinds of ideas and systems came about Mm -hmm. and they really don't understand their own system and they don't understand sort of the the coercion and the propaganda that goes into it mass schooling mass media mass democracy like i think democracy is a good idea on a smaller scale where you have people with integrity and people with uh, competence in a given area that you're deciding about. But this idea of mass democracy, where you like wrap this big group of factions together in a coalition, and then you try to create a policy that appeals to everyone, it doesn't do anything. Like you come up with policies that, that are compromises between like thousands of factions of people. And it, we have these jobs bureaucracies. Like I think that the calls that you see for the green new deal and for these various things are trying to return to this. It's, it's like the left wing version of, of make America great again. We're Mm -hmm. trying to return to this golden age idea of, you know, we're, it's the new deal. We're all just going to put people back to work and we're going to solve this in one giant, you know, first of all, people don't know much of the details of the new deal, but I think they also don't realize that, at the time, that was in America coming out of uh, the Great Depression, and it, it was able to basically finance itself in a certain way and, and take on all that debt. We're now at a point, uh, not, in, not in an easy way necessarily, but now we're at a point, it, it's like trying to do what you did when you were 20, when you're, when you're 80 or something like that. It's like we, ca- we cannot sustain, a, in, in my opinion, a new deal type program, not to mention the fact that the new deal basically put people in jobs that didn't need to exist, but only mm-hmm. needed to exist to a lot of them to give people something to do and a source of income. But a lot of the, the options that exist today weren't previously available, like a lot of the digital options. And I'm not just saying send everybody out to, to you know, send everybody to the wolves but I previously was into, you know, like Andrew Yang and UBI and I'm increasingly like, I still like the idea of UBI, but I don't want it to be a centrally instituted policy, maybe a decentralized UBI on the blockchain that had like, it, it pulled uh, 10% of people's crypto transactions, 10% of the income from content on platforms and 10% of people's uh, gig and and freelance work, you know, their consulting work. And then it pulled all that together and then just divided it by everyone. It's just automatically some algorithm sent it out into everybody's account, you know, something like Mm. that. And that's like a rough idea, but I'm less like, let's come up with these new massive programs that we already can't sustain and and tack them on to this, this thing that's kind of falling apart. Yeah. That's where uh, there is well, there's a couple of things. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I don't I don't think like the point of like in terms of like politicians coming into power and then creating poverty. I don't think I don't think that's true necessarily because I don't think it's in their 
just the way the economy works, I don't think it's their, in their own interest to create poverty because when you have poverty, you have less GDP, you have worse numbers. And just in terms of pollings, sure. your other party can come in and say, look at this guy. Oh my God, four years, GDP has went down, recession, people mm -hmm. get, and they vote you out. So I don't think that necessarily works. I, I, I agree that the incentives there are bad. I also think that like having lifetime, um, whatever, senators are lifetime or, or like you vote them out once in every fucking sure. blue moon. Um, also that you have presidents every four years. I don't think that necessarily um, should be should be a smaller period of time. But mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't say like in terms of like, let's say if you take drugs, right? I think, don't you see that there is change currently? Like you have Oregon legalizing everything. You go to Colorado, legal weed, legal sure. mushrooms. You go to, I don't know, California, legal weed, like, the ch change is very, very slow. Like, I understand that probably there was like a generation back in the 80s that came from like the 30s and they heard the drugs and it was very easy to sell them like, this is the devil. They're more religious. They're, yeah. they're very different. So it was much, much easier to sell them like, this is the devil. And probably somebody in the government was making big money. Probably the CIA was using it for some, I don't know, fighting communism in in Latin America. They had they had some informants or so on, right? Yeah. So there is always dirty business, but I think in terms of like, I I'm more of a um, my my approach is more of an updating the system versus completely dismantling it because first of all we don't know you don't know what you're gonna replace it with, mm -hmm. um, and second of all I don't. I don't really think that the system itself is the problem. I think there are certain things that are the problem mm -hmm. within it. There are certain incentives. There are certain like mismatches because things change over time. So you have to update things. Like you have to, if, if you have a growth rate that, that's, that's much quicker than before, you have to replace people much quicker. You have to, um, I don't know, digitalize, maybe not, not voting because it turns out the voting has a huge risk that somebody can hack you when you vote. Mm -hmm. But you have to you have to invest in, in modernizing the big institution, the biggest company in the in the country, which is the government. You have to you can't have all the other corporations being like 21st century thing, and then you have this one where there's like 20 old people just sitting there. Um, yeah. So I I don't. I partially agree and disagree. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what, what exactly what I say. I'm um, saying a lot of things at once, and yeah. that's very. It's a very. I would expect that to. Yeah. You know, I'm, <laughs> there's a lot to think about, and I'm not presenting this. Uh, these are just like theories of mine mixed with um, thoughts that I've had, mixed with developments that are actually ongoing. And my biggest frustration is just that in the thing that I want, like. I don't want to just overturn. I realize that it's a really stupid thing to just, I realize I've been spending a lot of time criticizing the, the institutions and the systems, but that's just kind of like the focus of this part of it. Like mm -hmm. there's, there are good things that exist too, but I think that the bad thing is the bad things are starting to override the good. And I think that there's more, more chaos than order or like the order has become so corrupted that chaos is, is, creeping through and i mean I, I know i'm speaking like jordan peterson here but mm. I, there I, I think that effort needs to be put into trying to like take the principles and the best aspects of the previous order the mm -hmm. ideals and build them into a new order so it's more like instead of overthrowing 
a system or having some revolution or something like that, or just burning it down when you have burning your ship, the ship that you're on when there's, <laughs> there's no alternative. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is like, we need to kind of build something else in parallel so that we can kind of move people over to it, not by force, but just so people are like, Oh, that's more stable than this thing. That's this kind of dumpster fire that, that we're in. But I mean, you, I think you just view the, the, the state of things differently, basically. Like I see it more advanced in its decay. Yeah. Uh, Like, or or more, more of a deep rot than. I I, no, I agree. I agree on the problem. I think that the, um, Maybe not on the problem, but I think I agree on the state. Mm-hmm. But just I think that, 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 that I think of a different solution. I don't think I think of a different solution, I, and I think it will happen. I think one thing that with change happen, like today we live in a world where everything is changing quickly, and mm-hmm. we're used to like quick kind of changes and quick hints and everything. But like a, for a big substantial change to happen, um, it take it takes time, right? So like let's say. Yeah. You have CEOs today, right? And then one percent of those CEOs are female, or whatever. Although, like the big companies, they're overly, the majority of them is male, right? Yep. That's a result of 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 of, of policies and and job work, job uh, environment that happened 30, 40 years ago. Because sure. for you to become a CEO, it takes. 30 years, you don't become, you don't come into the company and they're like, hey, Patrick, um, so you're going to become, as an, you're going to be uh, be an intern. Um, yeah. And then we're going to see afterwards, maybe you become a CEO. It takes you fucking forever, right? Um, I, I agree. But I also think, I, I know you're partly just giving this as an example, but I think it's a mix of like, it's partly policies. It's partly different aptitudes and interests between men and women. Like yeah. there are some people who just assume that men and women are like, have the same interests in the same yeah I, yeah i agree on that i don't want to go into yeah. that but i agree yeah, i agree there yeah, yeah. I, okay. I think i think even even if like they're they're like wrong policies as well um even if you change the policy takes time like even yeah. if if the government went into the poor neighborhoods made this huge plan of like okay or like incentivize businesses to move there or made some kind of a smart they make some smart decisions and if they yeah. made a smart decision to like Invest in education. You will see those results of education in 20 to 30 years when these people come into the workforce. Sure. You won't see them. And that's why, that's the problem. Like nobody is incentivized because you're trying to get reelected. Nobody is incentivized to do that. Nobody's, the government, you have the Fed who's thinking long-term, but then you have the government officials who, who are always thinking short-term because they want their sure. economy. Like Trump, he was always raving about the economy. He wanted the economy hot. He was always saying, oh, we interest rates should be lower because he's always trying to put pressure. So like if you if you would have like presidents that cannot get reelected, um, they wouldn't. I think the poly like if if let's say if you're president you can't get reelected right. Yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't your ultimate goal be the let's say you create a long term policy right? Mm-hmm. That policy goes into into place, and then ten whatever years they say oh my god these guys this guy's policy and the legacy of what he did in those four years is now really showing versus doing short-term things just to get because it makes reelected yeah and, and probably if i was things. yeah but if i was at that position i'd probably act the same you know like if you it's, it's i think the incentive is wrong you should probably not be able to be reelected that's that's my kind of this is probably like weird to many people but i, th- I think if you if you remove that incentive i think you remove the incentive to act short term yeah um and then you realign the Fed and some institutions that are separated from the government with the government um, yeah. itself. So that's, that's, yeah, that, that's one thing I, I, I think. And plus you put, 
you incorporate technology into um, you, 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 yeah. I think that's gonna. I think at some point you're gonna get the change of people just because people are gonna die, right? So yeah. you're gonna get okay. Maybe you're gonna get corrupt people and so on, but they're gonna be younger and at least they're gonna understand technology and maybe they they'll understand how to make money of technology of lobbying for technology. But um, I I think the crop of people is actually going to be worse because I think sort of like a lot of the cream of 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 the brightest people are going to be like you, you know it would almost be like if your parents left you in the will like hey here's here's all of our uh here's our 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 beach house in boca raton or something like that and you're yeah. like okay cool i don't really want to take care of a beach house in boca raton and pay right. the property taxes and do all that so like no thanks like i, I just you know I, I'll, I'll sell it or whatever but I, I think that that opportunity is going to happen where you know a lot of the old people are going to die or retire from public service and the government and like the a lot of young people are just going to be like I don't really see this as, as the, uh, the society changing thing that it was for your generation. And government. then they'll make the change. That's my, that's my, that's my thing is like, but I think it'll be become, I think it'll become a leaner and like, it, it will have to become, I'm not saying that it's going to just be somebody comes in and says, I'm going to cut government by like 60% or something like that. I think the natural process and in the incentives are going to force government to become leaner and more competitive and, and like kind of fracture and, and become, I heard the, I have a question. I have a question before before you go in. So like, do you really want to have a smaller fractured government and have a giant Facebook? Cause like you could then come into the debate where like, okay, you have a, you have corporations that are much, much, much bigger than government. Like somebody like something like JP Morgan was back in the day when he had to bail yeah. out the government. Um, well, do you I do really think want that the, the, the corporations depend on government largesse. So like when the corporations lack a massive government to support them, corporatism <laughs> takes a hit too, because then, then they're more open to, and I know that they can, you know, there can be collusion and, but like, if you think about how government is subsidizing a lot of huge corporations and not direct subsidies, sometimes, sometimes it's regulate massive regulations, but there's the whole lobbying regulatory revolving door situation. True, but also is- the government also breaks them up. Like throughout history, government has broke up, broken up big, bigger companies um, due to monopoly, like that the, Microsoft. That the- that the gilded age companies the, and the railroad trusts and everything, a lot mm-hmm. of those came to power by basically taking advantage of uh, government at, at that. I know you, the argument would be it was weak government, but don't, don't you think there was collusion with government? And it was like, okay, we'll, we'll help you to set up these situations that allow you to yeah. exist. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I was I, I actually the argument. Yeah. You correctly said the counter argument because at the same time, you had basically Jeff Bezos bailing out the government, and I don't, I don't necessarily think that you want to have the government in that position where a one man like J.P. Morgan back in the day could come in, you know, like could come in and basically the government needs him to bail him out, which yeah. which puts him like gives him so much power, you know, like so much leverage. Um, uh-huh. I. Th- <sighs> So, I, it so just, that's. It mm. seems to me that there needs to be a. Originally, I was thinking about it in this terms that there there legitimately needs to be a modern constitutional convention, like 
the intellectual polymath kind of liberal minded people. When I say liberal, I mean, old school, original liberalism, not modern liberalism, but like people who are basically pluralistic, you know, open to different ideas and, and, and curious and whatnot. Like there needs to be a group of people that, that get together and sort of devise a, a bunch of new ideas that, isn't necessarily just reforming originally I was thinking it was just basically kind of like coming up with new amendments and things like that that needed to get passed but now I think it's beyond that where it's like how can we take the technologies that have emerged and sort of integrate them into this system that isn't a rigid system but is like a flexible interconnected networked decentralized system and that's kind of where I started to go down this this rabbit hole and this road is and it's like the the public school debate too, where people are like, "Oh, well, if you don't continue to dump money into public schools, then you're you're causing public school failure." And then the counter argument is like, "Well, public schools are inherently going to fail because they're bad by design. So mm-hmm. we should design something else and put money into coming up with an alternative." Yeah, but you have public schools in like Northern Europe and like Sweden. I mean, those smaller countries again. Um, very different economies and everything, but you, they have great public systems. Um, they have different incentives, but they're completely, I think they're like gives and takes. Like for example, they have very large like tax systems, right? Which, which in, yeah. in a certain way allows them to have these education, they would allow them to have a like great education um, and have these good public schools because they can actually pay somebody in a public school a large amount of money compared to everybody else. Um, sure. But at the same time, when you have such large taxes, that means that like any type of invention of new companies, they're not going to come there. You're going to be stifled a little bit. So it's always, uh, there's not like the, the notion of like having a, and I'm not saying that you're saying this, I'm just saying in general, the notion of like having a simple solution, you know, like we just have to do this. It's never, yeah. it's never, um, it's always give and take. You like always yeah. exchange something like you, you raise taxes okay you raise taxes but you're gonna push some people to go to china or go somewhere else compete there sure. take take their money there which i don't know there's there's it's 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 a balanced thing going on right so you have to you have to sure. be on top of on top of all of that there's so many it's it's com- it's very complex it's not simple like it, it's not it's not as like it's not simple as like, oh, the people in the government are evil or something, or the yeah. the people in the Fed are evil. They're not like, if Jay Powell didn't start printing money, you everybody would have been out of job. Everybody, because yeah. like, you remember in March when there was like a like a scare, March, April, there was a scare. 90% of the people probably were like thinking, okay, what's going to happen? Like, are we going to, if this continues, or do we do we have a job? Like probably like at least 50% of the people were at some point thinking of, I might lose my job. Yeah. Um, and 50% of that 50% probably would have been right long-term if they didn't decide to um, basically replace the incomes that the company that were prevented from happening in the economy because of the virus, you know, basically saying mm-hmm. shut down, you can't work means you can't pay the others. So we're going to replace it. We're going to give you the money, the government itself. Um, so I don't know, man, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a complex issue. Um, it is I, I, complex. I think that the, the, the basically the best way to deal with that complexity is in, is in a more decentralized manner. Basically that's kind of just the conclusion that I've, that I've reached and, and um, 
I'm willing to reconsider that, but it's mm-hmm. just, it seems like decentralized smaller pieces are more adaptable rather than just like this one. What we have now is it is like this giant plate glass window where it's mm-hmm. extremely fragile and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And we, we have to like hyper protect it because, you know, anything could break it. Uh, and then th- with decentralization, it's more of like, you know, a stained glass yeah. window or something like that where little pieces, it's just more, I've, I don't know if you've heard of, I think it's Nassim Tlaib. Tlaib, yeah. Or the, yeah, the, the author where he talks about anti-fragile, but yeah. I mean, that's kind of, our, our systems are so fragile because of their gigantism. That's true. I would argue, yeah, so two things. One thing I would say that to your argument, I think what, what you're saying in terms of decentralization is already happening fully, full-fledged in terms of like, in finance, you, you you have decentralization, like you can invest through different types of, um, well, I would say democratization, right? More people are allowed to invest. Uh, more people can invest through different types of, of like platforms like Robinhood. You don't have to yeah. be very educated to understand it, to buy a stock. You don't need a broker between you and the investment. You can just mm-hmm. log into your platform. Um, Airbnb, you can you can you don't need a hotel. You can basically sh- I can share my space to your space. I yeah. think it's just a matter of time when we do this with cars. Like I think you can already do this with cars, sure. um, Uber, uh, all these things. I think basically the the technology is forcing, um, and it will eventually go to the government level as well. Uh, but I think sh- sharing and decentralizing, and you have, let's say. Um, like in terms of like Bitcoin as well. That's that's another thing that decentralized, but like in digital economy is decentralized. That's what I w- actually I would argue. And it's already decentralized. So it makes sense. I was thinking like the other day is like, why would you ha- have the same currency, the same store of value? We have two worlds, right? Yeah. Especially now it's free. You have the real world, you have the digital world. Why would you have the, the, the real world currency in a digital world? Or why would you have a digital currency in a real world? So while like, I understand like, oh, Bitcoin is going to replace gold or whatever. I don't think so. I think it's going to be a currency in a digital world because yeah. we're going to have a second world. It's becoming increasingly bigger. So you're going to use it there and it's going to be a fair solar value. It's going to be fairly used. And I think in real life, in the last 20 years, we've really like Airbnb, Uber, everything has been dis- like decentralized. And because of that, you have like lower prices, more efficiency, um, so in, in that in that sense, I would, I would argue that this is already happening. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it will happen to extend that you want probably, but it's going to take time. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, I would, yeah, I would argue as well as um, that um, the problem when you have like huge institutions that like the systems, um, like let's say with Suez Canal, right? You have, the Su- mm-hmm. you have one canal, Suez Canal that's blocked and there's like a huge fucking problem in the world yeah. because you have this one thing there. There's no way around it, you know, like it's blocked. And so like, if you had a couple of canals around it or something like that, I'm, I'm just throwing out, I'm just giving this an example, yeah. doesn't really apply, but like- It's a good example though. Simple, right. Straightforward. So like, if you have like, you, you diversify, right? So if one thing fails or like, if we have a power plant and the power plant fails, both me are out of electricity, but if we have a small electricity unit mm-hmm. in every single house or solar, we're good. Or like, I can help you or you can help me and we are small units. I think that's all going to happen with like, smart homes when you get smart homes which is inevitable yeah. it's coming with 5g um so you're gonna i think everything is going to decentralize in our lives um and i think they will eventually reflect on the government because it, it has to because everything 
the government is forced to currently adopt with social media. It's, it's taken some time, but they're forced to, like they have to, because now these companies are too big. So they, even these old fuckers, they have to learn about this stuff, right? So I, I think it will be- a lot of them will be able to. <laughs> yeah, they won't be here when it's done. Um, yeah. But I, I just think it takes time. And I think it's going to basically spread from the economy because the consumer wants this throughout the, the, the government. And the government is probably going to be the one of the last things that gets updated. But I think that in terms of like smart people inventing things, I think all of these examples that I've given are actually examples of people coming here and inventing like Clubhouse, right? Like these, yeah. you, th this is one, one part that I like, one thing that it's undefeated in the States is like, if you want to come in and invent something, yeah, this is still the place that's to come. Uh, yeah. That's and that, and that to, might save you. I want to capture that. And, yeah, and, and, and that might that save the day. You know, like that yeah. might it not it might not might be the the government people changing. It might be the inventors coming here and just creating change, and then the government being forced to adopt. Um, so that's that's kind of my uh, theory on that yeah. stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I I want to like the thing that I want is for people to be able to create and to create value. You know, and I know that sounds like cliche and, and something that is just, you know, uh, kind of buzzwords, jargony buzzwords, but so much of the economy is extracting value. It's, it's waiting for something to get big enough so you can basically suck the blood and the life out of it. Right. Somebody has an idea, oh, the vultures are out or the sharks or whatever. And it's like, how do we let this thing get grow big enough so that we can harvest it like veal, you know? It's, yes. There is that some of that going a, around. Yeah. Yeah. I it's agree. a sick state of, I, when people talk about uh, capitalism, that's the kind of stuff that they're thinking about. Mm -hmm. They're thinking about the, or the way that we have our system set up with, which like really isn't capitalism. It's, it's kind of a sick form of corporatism. I would There's add like crony cronyism. And, right. and I really do want people to be able to, uh, like, I think if we can create a system that allows people to create and, and then to accumulate the benefits of their creation, and, but it also allows other people to get the benefits of those creations, like uh, not the, the income from it, but, you know, to, to use those products or those ideas. But then at the same time, it facilitates people being able to take risks without like going completely bankrupt, going to die if you fail. Like if mm -hmm. we had something like a uh, UBI is another buzzy thing, but if we mm -hmm. had something like that, that was like, like a social, a simple social safety net. safeguard. Yeah. Yeah. Simple safety net that was, I think that that would just be like in, an incredible system, but you know, it's yeah. right now it's just a dream, but, yeah. <laughs> but I would, I would, cool. I would add, um, what are you saying? Okay. In, in terms of like the, 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 the social part where you have like a safety net, um, the counter argument, and I'm not saying this is my argument, but I'm saying the counter argument would be that like a large portion of people would be lazy to, to even go and actually yeah. do the, because when yeah. you're, when you're hungry, you're very motivated. Um, so that's one thing, not that people yeah. should be hungry. So that's, I'm not saying this is my argument, but um, basically, you mean, though. yeah. So you don't want to make it too cozy. Um, yeah. Because and, I've heard, I heard the argument that basically people become house cats. People are like, I'll just buy an Xbox. Dude, you know how many people I know that basically, yeah, they were like collecting unemployment, buying stocks and chilling. Like, why would you come back yeah. and work? Um, so that's, yeah, that's that's a thing to have in mind. Uh, and what were you saying before that? Um, I forgot. The, the question, I guess the bigger question for a lot of these things is, 
are these new ideas worse than the ideas that we have right now? Because, because what I just described is almost, it's, it's kind of like a variation of welfare, but it's also mm-hmm. time welfare where it's basically giving people's time back to them. Mm-hmm. And the argument for the 20th century is like, we don't want people to have time. Like this, the Puritan worth work ethic of like work, 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 idle hands are the devil's play things. Yeah. Be sure that you're working. And yeah. you give people back time. Some people are going to use that time really wisely and they're going to create all this value and other people are going to be more probably more self-destructive with their time but they're just going to be wasteful and they're going to become lazy and you're right about that but then i'm like well the system that we have now encourages an immense amount of that too and and then it doesn't even allow people to use the thing the the resources the way that they might otherwise be able to to use them so well i would say a couple of points so one point is like in terms of like corporatism, I think that point, what the people are basically saying about corporate in America and everything is a direct result of inequality. I don't think if people, if people weren't working in the McDonald's and seeing a headline, Jeff Bezos the, now is the wealthiest person in the world own $1 trillion or something, even though yeah. that doesn't mean that Jeff Bezos actually has $1 trillion in the, in the bank. He owns yeah. stock of Amazon, the company yeah. he created, put his life into it, right? Yeah. So it, it's he didn't do nothing bad in terms of like creating company, but the, just the fact that what I was saying before from the printing of money, the people who are invested in companies and so on, they benefited mm-hmm. so much. So it, it looks very bad. So you, when you, you have Instagram, you have all these social yeah. media platforms, you can see how other people live. And I think that's one, uh, one thing that makes you, makes you bitter. A lot, I think a lot of people are bitter because they see that Resentful, they are, hateful. they feel yeah. like on the Maslow hierarchy, maybe they're eating, but they're not yeah. accepted. They don't f- have the self, um, um, self-worth kind of yeah. and at the same time um, so I think that's the problem I don't think the corporate America itself is issue I think again the inequality is issue and it, many things are just coming out of it um, but I would say as well as in terms of like the things that came out like we're complaining a lot but 10 20 years ago if you wanted, if you wanted to watch a movie um, you would have to go to blockbusters pay five dollars to rent one movie um and then i don't know if you want to watch 30 30 movies you would 150 dollars for those 30 movies today you can sit on your computer pay five dollars to netflix watch all the movies you want um and have ready for access right you can um what you're you're you want to work out you want to look good you open only fans account right yeah start getting naked in front of the camera all of a sudden you're getting paid uh you can like let's say, for example, like models before models would have to work for an agency in Milan or something in order to get a piece of uh, piece of the pie or something. And probably you can imagine how many things were like in that hierarchy going wrong. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And currently that a girl can just pull up an Instagram account if, if, sure. and create her own, not only that, but like create her own dress line. You can see like girls coming out with like the, the, the lines and selling mm-hmm. and making tons of money. Like nobody's taking a, a cut besides of course instagram and facebook which is making the exception is the trade-off right like it, it's for all this democratization mm-hmm. i mean look at what de- what democratization has done with the voice people have on <clears throat> social media right. right is it creates this immense rabble of noise so the new issue is rising above the noise if everybody has a voice 
or if everybody has an idea. I think we'll adjust to it. I think I think yeah. we'll. I think in the beginning we we're all like, well, I, I think even currently now is like, what you're canceling this guy for what he farted five years ago or something, you know, like in public. Of course, there are people that did bad things, and it's good that one one good side effect of all of this is there were like a bunch of bad people they were like hiding in the system that all got exposed. But then you yeah. went onto the complete other side, and you went after some people that were not maybe. Um, either not deserving or they deserve a second chance or something like this. Um, but I think we are adjusting to it. You know, like, it, it, like we put the technology and we didn't really, like the people who made social media have had absolutely no idea. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you can't understand you all have, the implications. No, they even, had no uh, like idea. Like somebody like Karl Marx in the beginning of it, like anybody who comes up with an idea. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not letting everybody who's come up with an idea that's gone wrong off the hook, but like you really don't have yeah, to. Come on, Hitler was a good guy. Come on. All, all in all, Hitler, if you had a beer with Hitler, he would have been funny. Huh? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was there for the implementation of his idea too. But yeah. Like the, 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 the notion that just because somebody comes up with an idea that they have a clear uh understanding of where people are going to go with it and its implementation that you're if you come up if you're a creator if mm -hmm. you're a parent if you if you've created another human if you have created an idea if you've created if you're a, company, a human creator create, it's going to have unintended uses and it's going to do things that you never planned for yeah. so like the guy who created the 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 gas the gas that they used in world war one um yeah i think he created it for a completely different reason oh, oh like mustard gas yeah yeah and Nobel, then they started, i think he invented yeah. dynamite or something like yeah that, exactly and then he killed himself in the end because they, I think the Germans killed so many people with it. Um, yeah. And it was widely used afterwards, still used. And I think he, used, he created it for some kind of medical purposes or I don't know what was the goal, but like, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's complex. Uh, but I think that, that I'm, I, 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 the only reason why I'm pessimistic is because of this. It's very tough to resolve this income inequality. And I don't, if, I, I don't think if that gets resolved, anything else happens i think that's like one thing that that, that like it gets people like priced out out of education then creates another problem you know like you can't get educated anymore alternatives you know, to corporatism because the, the the thing that we have right now is the system that we have is so interconnected and complex that mm -hmm. that people and it's broken in so many ways it, it, but it's so complex that people can't figure out how to how to get in and and solve the broken aspects so mm -hmm. the way i see it is is one of the things you're talking about before where it's like how do we how do we get people to continue to you know okay they have their basic needs covered but to continue to have purpose or to continue to do something of, of value right um i i do like the idea that there are different ways of value outside of economic value so it's mm -hmm. like you can you can be a good uh you you can be a caretaker you can um do nice things for people you can yeah. be you can you know write comedy or and that things that you aren't necessarily paid for right be a, a liaison your community i don't know but the idea of something like time banking as a supplement something that encourages people to, that 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 i mean this is an entrepreneurial area right there it's like how do you come up with ways for people to use their whether it's their ubi like the, the, any type of money that they might have in their time effectively and in productive ways, rather than just lying around all the time. Um, right. So yeah, there, there's, there's so many things to, to figure but out. Don't you think, don't, don't you think just to the point that don't you think with all this work from home, that's another thing that's getting disrupted and decentralized. 
like the corporate America is before where you had like a wall building where you come into it and well, yeah I mean now the it's... corporation moving forward I think is going to be just like a digital entity where it's not necessarily going to have a building it's just going to have a workforce that exists yeah. so we have we have a we have a common thread between these all of these uh, kind of things that we mentioned is basically everything that gets digital gets decentralized yeah <laughs> immediately like yeah. so um, and people, the way that people are going to build their lives in the future is going to be far different from the notions that, I mean, you just mentioned education before. We have to figure out what education even means in the 21st century. We have to figure out, does it even make sense to have universities anymore? Credential, the idea of credentials makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. But do we have to have a centralized credentialing system? Maybe right. there's some way of recording people's skills and abilities outside of that. Or I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm for that just because I think that not having, in terms of universities, I think there's so many things, goofy things going around sciences now that mm -hmm. are questioning like the all the fundamentals of science. Yeah. And like, I think it's much more risky to like, um, if you had some kind of a new system where it's kind of young and then there's more opportunity for scam, like in any new young things. Yeah. Um, it could have a very fundamental change in, mm -hmm. and I think that's to a certain extent that happened with, with all this money going into student loan from student loans. And then people going to study funding the education industry, basically the government funding the education industry and every school coming up with a new program, hiring, needing to hire professors, hiring yeah. some bullshit people, teaching people, whatever, um, and then you, uh, then you have basically people coming out, not brainwashed, but like, who taught you? Like, what? <laughs> not really knowing that, like, what are you talking about? You know, like, so, but, like, yeah, but they have the degree. Exactly. So like, what does the credential mean anymore? If, if it's like this and it's just, if it's inflated like a currency and if it's just kind of handed out to whoever, it, it basically means I have money and I have time to, yeah. to put forward to this. Yeah, and it, and it deflates the people whose credentials really have value or suggest that they're like deeply knowledgeable about something. So, yeah, it's know. it's uh, yeah, it's all super complex. And I, and I think as I think the most important thing is like as long as you, because like societies have these point pressure points, and then you like you have this George Floyd killing, people protesting, and this is all like evolve going. Pfft, you know, like you, you, then you have conversation around that. Then you have like action in the NBA, action across the, like yeah. in general, like in the culture and everything, right? People are getting to notice racism and all that stuff. I mean, not that they didn't notice before, but like there's a lot of apostrophes, a lot of kind of focus on that. Um, so like as long as you have the ability to voice your stress or like to come out and in the public aspect, come out and say, this is wrong. We're going to protest for this. And then there's no government to come in and basically beat you up and send you back home. Um, yeah. And then anybody who agrees or disagrees, as long as you can, you know, I think one of the things in the, in the, in the, in the systems like the Soviet Union is that basically if there were things building up under the, under the, the, the water, there was no vent. Like there was nobody, you could not have gone to a certain you couldn't have voiced your thing, right? So you just like it was building, 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 and then just sure. cracked. But like as well, long as there's you... the environment of suspicion, right? Where it's like yeah. if, if everybody's like informing on each other, why would I go to somebody to tell them what I was thinking? Exactly. So like as long as you're able to say whatever your your opinion is, and another thing, like I like as long as your intent 
I, I believe that as long as your intent is not malice, it's okay if somebody gets offended. Um, and basically one of the examples that I was like th thinking about is like Galileo, right? When he came and said, the earth is round, right? Mm -hmm. He came, they burned him at the stake, right? Yeah. It was, it was truth. He, he, he was speaking the truth. But when he came out and said it, he offended the whole Catholic church. The majority of the people living in the world, probably, especially in Europe, were Catholic. He offended everyone, basically. He basically said everything that you believe, it's not correct. It's, and basically, it's against, like what he said was against God, what, against the, what the Bible says, offended the church, offended everybody. But he said it, and he spoke the truth. So like, if, if you go and just look at like, okay, you can be offensive, the truth is very offensive at at sometimes the truth can be yeah. very offensive that's what i want to say that's so like if you yeah. if you just yeah so like it's okay to get hurt a little bit but as long as that advances us moving forward i mean and, and as long as it's not malice right as long as it's like i'm not trying to like galileo didn't come in with his idea that the earth is round he made a discovery right he didn't come out to try to like destroy the catholic church he sure. found a discovery and he wanted like, look, we are wrong, and this is the truth. So, like, I think people get offended a lot of times, but the truth also hurts many times. So, you know. So, uh, last thing I'll say, censorship, because I, 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 I take what you're saying to heart. I definitely yeah. believe that censorship has kind of changed where you still have traditional censorship where you are having an active attempt to silence certain ideas and viewpoints. But in addition to that, we now have the censorship of, like what I was saying before with noise, it's just, there's, it's just a cacophony of, of other opinions and other content and people's attention spans have gotten so short that to some extent in Galileo's days, it was like, there was maybe just a narrow channel that, that you could get information through, but generally people paid attention to that channel or most minds were on that channel and now it's like a lot of people consider truth or things that are more meaningful trivial. They just kind of want to be entertained. A lot of people, and maybe that was, it was probably always that way to, to a great extent, but yeah, the uh, average guy in the fucking France to, to, at that time didn't of, think like, exactly. And, yeah. and to get rid of information that you don't want spoken today, all you have to do is kind of like flood the airwaves or flood the, the channels with other unnecessary or irrelevant or useless information to just drown out and, and disguise anything that you don't want seen. You don't have to silence the, the thing that you don't want heard. You just need to make it invisible in the chorus. Yeah. And I also think one thing to also to notice in terms of like the channels, there are very few channels. So it's like, if you are not Apple, Amazon or Facebook or well, sorry, Twitter, Facebook or Apple, um, if they, if they block you, you're basically, you have to figure out something on yourself because like it's like kind of like Coca-Cola that owns sure. all of these drinks, right? So yeah. you have all these platforms, but they, That's you're basically- centralization is bad too, by the way. Yeah, this yeah, I agree, I agree. This is, you want decentralized so, tech. <laughs> so, so there is, yeah, so there is, uh, there is a balance, right? So there is, mm -hmm. it's probably not, not, not good to have like super small companies and all that stuff where like they employ 10 people, but at the same time, it's like, you don't want to have like a giant- um, Amazon uh, ruling everybody, but this is where the government yeah. comes in. And at the same time, you want to have the government to have enough power to basically break them up when it's 
when it's too much. Um, <laughs> so there's like these weird balances, right? So like it's 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 an ongoing discussion. I don't think we're the first two guys to talk about this. No, uh, probably at different times in history. Either. Yeah. So um, yeah, but definitely great points, man. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but as Likewise, long as there's, uh, as I'm long as you can just speak. bring more people into this conversation, yeah. you know, like I, if if you know people, or if there's anybody out there who hears this, uh, uh, you know, I'm just trying. We should to do bring a clubhouse. What? We should do a clubhouse. I think I'm still on the wait list for clubhouse okay. for uh, for uh, on Android. Um, I'm getting a new phone. I'm I'm, I'm going to install clubhouse, and my idea was, and we can do it together as well as like. Register the podcast there and uh, create rooms and create discussions. And I think that will be great. I think um, just not recording, just like having discussions and like with the podcast itself and like topics and so on. Beautiful. I would love to uh, collaborate. I would love for um, uh, TFI and MVM to team up, <laughs> do some yeah. talks. That'd yeah. Cool. I mean, we can, we can get people in and we can, we can talk about things and it's pretty it's pretty. Um, I feel like that's that's kind of a relaxed environment. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, this is also relaxed because we are like we're friends and we're also talking through like a podcast, which is much better than like yeah. I don't know meeting on, on some kind of a media outlet. And especially like I think if you're, I didn't use it, but like I think you can just speak on your phone, right? You don't even see people. You're just basically yeah. your voice. So I think, and you don't have you don't need a big preparation. People get notified when you organize something. So like we can. We can add interesting people and have different conversations. Um, Agreed. And, and I think use it's our free time. I don't like monologuing. I mean, mm-hmm. I know I can go on little mini rants within conversations, but similar. But I, I, I would prefer to be having a conversation with someone. And if other people tune in, that would be great. I love that interaction. So let's do that. Perfect. So I guess we can end on that. I think we did a solid hour, hour and 20 minutes. And that was Patrick Clerkin. Uh, from Man versus Ma podcast um, for our episode 43. I guess we're going to name it um, Decentralization and then a question <laughs> mark. It simple, yeah. <laughs> a qu- question mark because we always put a question mark when we have a podcast with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, yeah, that's exactly how the, the conversation goes. Um, I guess where, where can the people find you? I know you have the, the Instagram page, you have the mm-hmm. uh, website as well. Um, so I don't know if you want to yeah. plug. Pretty much. Uh, so man versus mom podcast.com. I spell verse with just a V not a VS. Mm-hmm. So uh, also at man versus mom podcast on Instagram and uh, I'm on Spotify, Apple podcast, Stitcher and the video episodes that I try to put on YouTube. So, yeah, I think the best the, now that you mentioned Spotify, the best thing I've, that we've done is basically, moved away from SoundCloud, which is terrible. Um, I hate SoundCloud, uh, to Spotify. Basically for $5, basically get like Anchor that you, you can Beautiful. basically, you have all of your things there. You can edit it. You can, mm-hmm. it just makes it so much more easier and cheaper and it's decentralized. So we love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome. Welcome over to Spotify. Perfect. Well, right, man. Pleasure to talk to you. I guess uh, we'll end this episode on this. Thanks, Victor. And thanks for sticking with me at the beginning, too. No worries. <laughs> Appreciate no. it. Uh... Have a good night.